Hi everybody and welcome to my latest podcast with my great friend Ben Clench. Ben has dialed in all the way from Devon, he's in lockdown with his parents, but he has such a compelling story that I wanted um, him to share with you that I think um, it was worthwhile having this conversation. His story is both uh, tragic and compelling in equal measure, but I think it's a lesson for us all, especially in these difficult times where we can take what we're experiencing as stress and perhaps reframe it and become a little bit more resourceful. So please sit back and enjoy the conversation. Okay, so Ben, tell us a little bit more about your um, your story, because I think it's so compelling and powerful that we need to share it with the audience. So, uh, so tell us tell us about your 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 sort of your background and how it all started and what and how the events occurred and how they panned out. Uh, my background, well, yeah, I guess if you if you talk about my backgrounds. Um, you know, you would talk about, um, I'm, I'm Ben, I'm, I grew up at my home in Brighton, uh, go to school and then went to, did my A-levels there, had a gap year, went traveling around the world, then I, uh, decided after my gap year that I wanted to do economics and international development at university. Um, and through that, I lived for a year in southern Thailand doing research for the university I was at. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, and that was, that was great, but it was... Well, I mean, I was doing some time that I was very kind of cut off from my family and friends and stuff, but, you know, a really incredible experience. And how old were you at that stage, gap year? Um, I would have been to 20... Uh, three to 24, I think. Right, got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're in Thailand for a year. Interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and that was doing research for um, an academic, um, well, an academic research project on well-being. All right. And uh, so I, I did that, and then I. Um, after that, I worked for a little bit um, with a consultancy in in home. It was um, doing their assignments on international development funding with evaluation of it and stuff. Mm. Um, and from that, I did that for a couple of years and then I realized that I needed to do a master's mm. to, work, to work in this area. So I, I did do, I did that. I went to uh, LSE to do a master's in London. Right. 
and this was at a time when I didn't have didn't have any money either. Um, so I said to my parents, you know, um, I I can't afford to live in London. So the only way I can do it is you can either buy me a houseboat, and I can live on that, or yeah. I'm going to live in a squat. So you know. Can you, can you help me buy a houseboat or, or should I try and find a squat? Right. <laughs> Two interesting choices, Ben. I know, I know, I know. Like, okay, uh, we'll buy a houseboat. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did that for a year. Um, but I tell you, living on a houseboat, I would not recommend it when you're when you're that young when I was 20 uh 20, 28 or 27 yeah 20, yeah six, whatever because I was definitely not particularly organized <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit taxing for you at that age was it well, it was just, you know, I just, I wouldn't get back in early enough to heat up, you know, just to light a fire and heat the place. So I, I generally go to the pub and <laughs> I get home and the boat would be freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> so life lessons to be learned here, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Prepare. <laughs> planning and preparation my friend planning yeah. and preparation <laughs> okay so tell us a bit more about uh, the story that we're leading to so um you, you didn't stay there obviously what happened next well then i um i got lots of work overseas doing development work um and then from there um I, well, I went to see my girlfriend at the time, who was working in Haiti for the, the work that was going for the uh, reconciliation of the earthquake that happened there in 2010. Right. Um, and so I went there, and I had just been accepted on a programme where I was going to work for two years for the Rwandan government on the East Africa project. Interesting um, stuff. And valuable stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was an exceptionally high-profile source-after position to go for. Mm. Um, so then I, I went to go see my girlfriend who was working in... 80 for the, for the uh, earthquake relief very briefly um and then i was going to fly back to, uh, to england for a couple of weeks before i flew off to rwanda where i was supposed to spend two years um but of course it didn't it didn't happen and that's the the beginning of the story, I guess, that I'm gonna I'm gonna share with your audience.
Okay, so um, so leading into that, so so let's start at the beginning from that point. What was the the beginning of this whole process that you went through, this whole experience, which is life changing? What you know, talk us through it step by step through the experience that you went through, so we can we can understand it and feel it ourselves. The the experience I went through, hmm. well. Um, I think the the best way to describe it is, you know, imagine waking up and and you don't know who you are, where you are, or what's going on. Just utter confusion. That's um, that's that's the starting point of of where I was, where I was at. So your whole sense of, of identity and character and experience was lost. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't understand yourself, uh, what you're being asked to do, what's going on with the people around you are, or or even how to talk and communicate. You don't have that either. Right. So obviously something catastrophic happened for you to, to end up in this situation. So what occurred? Um, well, well, I had this um, terrible accident, obviously. Um, and um, I, I uh, woke up from a coma. And I'd been in a coma for, I think, for about a month. Right. And that. Okay. So, so there was an accident. What, what? So, tell us the story of the accident, how it led to be, and 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 what actually happened. Well, um, I was. I went to go to see my girlfriend in Haiti for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and just on the, on the very last day um, before I was going to fly back to England and then start my placement in Rwanda, um, we went out for a meal and we um, had finished our meal. And as we finished our meal, we were walking back to our hotel. And at that point, um, a a car jumped off the road on and then onto the pavement where we were walking, walking back to our hotel, and um, and hit us, hit us both, and it you know it killed my girlfriend instantly. And then knocked me into a coma, um, and uh, you know I would have died if I didn't have you know urgent medical help. And you wouldn't believe it, but the car in front of us was filled with doctors. Amazing. From- I mean, you know, Ben. I've I've obviously spoke. I've known you for for many years now, and I've spoken to you about this story on on, on a number of occasions. So, it's 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 still even hearing it now. 
um, eye-opening and, and, and very, very frightening. But it's incredible, isn't it, like that, that the car in front can have almost the, the, the perfect occupation within it for, for your situation. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to think that, um, that you know, well, I mean, that something like that happens and then just in front of you, in the car in front, are the people who save your life. I mean, that's just, you know, incredible. Uh, I mean, if it happened in England, that... you, would have, you would then... Yeah, an ambulance would be called, and then you'd have to wait for that, and you know you might you might die. Right. So that situation, that that sort of um, uh, specific piece of of detail in that situation that you were in, which is catastrophically horrific, that bit of detail actually saved your life, probably, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that, that I mean, yeah, that that the situation happened uh, in a in a in a way that then saved my life from these these people picking me up but then you know what's even more ridiculous is you know the fact that I then I took from the uh, insistence of my parents, I, I, I bought ten pounds medical insurance, and ten I pounds. yeah, uh -huh. and I was really worried about this because it did not cover kidnap insurance, and I'm so you know anxious that. What happens if I've got kidnapped and I didn't have the insurance to, to cover me for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, you, as you do in these foreign countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and actually, that, that is the last thing I needed. And thankfully, I got £10 insurance and that paid for my private health care. And then... And that healthcare saw me through, and then they airlifted me back to England. So let that be a lesson to everyone. That insurance made a huge difference to your survival, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, you, you know, you, you can well, you can read about the uh, what the local private hospital is like in how that, that would not have saved my life in any way. Mm. Um, I, I think the fact that I was moved to a private hospital because of the £10 insurance uh -huh. uh, was an un unbelievable thing that happened. Yeah. So what's, so, what's been the, so what's been the fallout since recovering from the, 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 the coma you're in? What's, what's been the consequence of all of this? What's been the consequence? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, everything, you know, it's, it's like how, it's like, 
learning how to be yourself again and recovering to be the person you once were and realizing that actually I'm not the person I once was and I've got to find a new direction. And, and, I mean, that's, that's amazing. How was that? How was that? Yeah, how was that whole experience of having to, to regenerate yourself almost, redesign yourself? Well, that, that was incredible. I mean, it's um, been a huge amount of learning um, yeah. and really just 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 thinking, like, I can't do what I used to do. I have different skills and abilities, which make me um, a lot, you know, much much better at doing different things and how can i exploit that rather than what i used to do yeah um it's a big kind of it's a big wake-up call and i i mean i i've got to change my and and start really looking at the things that I'm really good at, yes, and, and and just let go of the things that I used to do, which I'm not very good at. So right. and that's, okay, yeah. and that that's the, the challenge. Really, is kind of working out where I fit best. And so, so coming out of this coma, then you 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 obviously have. Um, change and that's because of brain function is that right there was some traumatic damage to to uh, to how you uh, to how your brain was working is that correct yeah i had a traumatic brain injury um yeah so it's, i mean that's basically where my brain was shaken so much inside my skull that all of the connections that used to exist between my cell, my brain cells, they were ripped apart from each other, and and then had to had to work out. Well, they didn't have the function they used to, so I had to. So, ev um, so, so everything, everything you've been used to, like we're used to, you've been you've you've been going through the process of then then yeah. all that's stripped away almost and you have to like a jigsaw puzzle have to your way around your who you are and how you do things even like walking and talking etc yeah yeah i had to had to learn everything again so you know when i when i woke up i mean to start with i didn't speak or anything and then uh, yeah the first thing i i responded to was was french because uh the one of the um the healthcare staff was was french and she was uh speaking in french uh to me and i responded because i i knew what she was saying Interesting. Yeah, I know. So, so how on earth does that come up? Yeah. 
that's just that's very strange. I mean, it's, it's fascinating, but it's strange, isn't it? How you how that works, how your brain works that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean that I'm fluent in French now. <laughs> <laughs> Damnation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, what were there? So obviously, you know, you've you've tried to rebuild who you are in your life again, and 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 I believe you 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 struggle to remember your girlfriend who sadly passed in the incident which you know and but I guess if you can't remember it can't be that traumatic for you or or was it I mean I don't quite understand it and for the audience it must be difficult to fathom out that you've you've had this relationship with somebody and they've terrible I mean it's terrible they lost their life but you know when you woke up could you re- could you remember them no I mean no I couldn't at all I can remember her for, for two years um and you know, through through all the trying to bring that back, um, and and trying to to regain those memories, I couldn't. There was nothing there, and that was, you know, there's so there's a lot of different ways. Well, there's there's just you know, different reasons for it. Um, a lot of people would say that that's your your brain function to protect you from remembering something traumatic or you know remembering what you've lost or whatever yeah that would make sense yeah uh and then i was told by numerous doctors that that was I probably wouldn't, would never remember her again. Although, right. although some doctors did say, you know, I don't know at the, at the moment. You obviously can't remember her. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we don't know whether you will remember her again or not. Uh, mm. And and have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two two years after the accident. Just like you know, a light switch on. All of a sudden, really, she was in my head again, and that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that that was not that was not the, the traumatic or anything. That was just like, oh my god things coming back to me i can i can, incredible yeah i can remember i can remember that person i can remember that bit of my life again yeah yeah and so just going back towards the the, the brain trauma so i guess neuroscientists or surgeons who were looking after you must have thought that this was like a situation that was irreparable would that be right or, or what did they, what were their thoughts um no, they they, they they had no idea about what was going to happen, and they they because um, doctors are very risk averse. They would then say to me, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but I I don't think I think that memory is gone is not going to come back. Yeah, and as 
as they always do. Mm. Right? Um, doctors are the best people in the world to predict negative results or expectations. Right. Because they don't want you to get your hopes up. And then for, for it not to happen. So, and so that's what they did with you. That was their approach, was it? Yeah, totally. Of course, they don't, they don't want to tell you that, you know, a memory will come back or, or anything will come back, you know. Yeah. They, would, they would say that, I'm sorry, that, that's the situation that's happened to you. And um, yeah. it probably would be easier. So... Deal. So they painted a picture for you that was quite bleak, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So can you give me an example of some of the things they said that perhaps you would suffer from or, or wouldn't achieve or, or where you would be at in the future? Oh, well, at the time, you know, I was, um, I was very rude and, um, and angry and... Uh, and you know, I was an arsehole. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I think people listening to this would, would give you <laughs> give you some sway on that. Yeah, yeah, and and they were like, you know, I I think I I, I think he's always gonna be an arsehole. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I'll be I right. Be. <laughs> so go on, tell us more. So so, what did you decide to do? I decided to do everything that the, the doctors told me not to do. But for instance? Um, for instance, well, I ran a marathon, a half, half marathon. Um, Blimey. Yeah. I, uh, I went and did another master's in international development. Which I, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They told me not to do that. Uh, Why would you not do that then? Why would they tell you to not do that? They thought it was going to be too stressful. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you decided it wouldn't be. Okay. Well, no, I decided it wouldn't be, but of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But you still did it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. But, but, yeah. I mean, and what else? What else have you done? Uh, well, what did I do? I, 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 well, I, I learned to drive again. I mean, unbelievably, I didn't lose my uh, license, but I had. You didn't? No, no. Um, but I didn't know how to drive. I couldn't remember anything. <laughs> So, so the person who's who, who's who's been in a coma and can't remember anything didn't lose their license. Yeah. So you're still okay to drive. I mean, that's just amazing. I know, I know. But so I um after, <laughs> after I did my my master again, I I got some lessons to make sure I could I knew what to do. The weirdest thing happens, but you're in a car. Mm. And um, I used to be such a timid driver, um, you know, to be careful and things. To, to, to have this accident, I didn't give a shit. 
I was just, <laughs> I was just like, go, go, go. And you know, it's unbelievable that my instructor had dual pedals and would have just put, put the brakes on and I'd be going, come on, come on, go, go. And he was like, no, no, <laughs> can't get there. <laughs> So I guess you. I guess you're. What you're saying here is, after an experience as traumatic as that, that life itself is so fragile but valuable that you become almost sort of um, unstoppable. I guess, isn't it? Because you know everything's possibility and potential after that, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I just didn't. What would you say? I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and uh, and so 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 you 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 did another masters. Yeah, you did a you, you did some very long distance running, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and you you went to, you learned to drive again. So you went back to driving. You've done a TED talk as well and written a book, haven't you? I have. Yeah, yeah. Tell us more. Well, um, when I was. Uh... After I did my, well, when I was doing my masters again, my um, uncle put me in touch with the research group at Hammersmith Hospital. Mm. And they were doing a lot of um, research on brain injuries. Mm. And um, they then, he then put me into that. That, um, that group of you know people that have had traumatic brain injuries um, and they they then I mean they they were uh, very interested in in what had happened to me and they asked me to do lots of um, brain scans of what had happened to my brain and um so they they had lots of um mris of of my brain and they they use that to show the doctors you know what happens to a brain after a, a traumatic brain injury sure and uh the guy who was doing his research would show my my brain scan to um, training doctors, or I, I assume they're training doctors and not doctors generally. And uh-huh. um, that he was then saying, you know, so what what do you think's happened to this this person who's also had that traumatic brain injury? And uh, so you know, they, they show my scan, and and of course the doctors would all say, "Oh well, you know, he, he's he buggers, he can't walk, yeah. he can't talk, and he can't do anything." That must be terrible to hear. Well, I wasn't there. I didn't hear it. That, that, that's what. Thank he... God for that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's what this doctor was presenting to other doctors. <laughs> uh, right. And he was saying, ah, well, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, because actually, 
this patient, you know, he he met me. He was like, no, you know, he actually at, at university doing other masters. Brilliant, love that. Yeah. So that was love like, that. oh, oh, uh, we've got that completely wrong. How <laughs> wrong? Yeah. So scientific fact turns into Ben, eh? Ben Clench. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that the format of your book, basically the, the, the story of your your experience and then pushing those 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 boundaries yourself and coming out the other end having achieved all of these things? Uh, is is that the format of my book? Um, yeah. No, well, no, the format of my book is is uh i mean it's written by not just me but a lot of a lot of other contributors so ah. my parents my friends my brother and sister and key workers who who helped me overcome a lot of things during my recovery brilliant brilliant and so, and so, what's the book called? What's the book called? It's called Ben again. Ben yeah. again, and and available in all good bookstores, I guess. Or it is, yeah, and available on Amazon. It uh, is available on Amazon. Good. And it's um, Ben again, the um, inspirational memoir of traumatic brain injury survivor. By Brilliant. Ben. Okay. Yeah. Good, and it's uh, it, and so it's it's obviously a compelling um, story. It's also inspiring because what you've what you've shown to everyone there is that when trauma happens and people are telling you that things are impossible, you can overcome those challenges with sh well, in your case, sheer doggedness and pigheadedness and 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 almost sort of recklessness, isn't it? Sometimes with that driving story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know. Lots of people can tell you lots of things that you won't be able to, but you can also just say, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's your mantra, isn't it? Fuck it, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is, seriously, though, isn't it? When someone says you can't do it, you turn around to them and you go, ah, oh, fuck that, let's do it anyway. Yeah, but unfortunately that doesn't give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! So, so, so now you're you're looking for new work. So, in the same industry, in the same sort of format, or, or what are you looking for? Uh, well, I, I mean, I have been for a number of years, many years. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, for the number of years, or more than the number of years you've known me. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to get back into working in international development. Um, yeah. And actually, that's such a difficult industry to get into. Um, that actually, I'm thinking, ah, bugger it, you know, I can't get into it. No yeah. one's going to get into it. I need to do something else, something new. Yes. And that's it. So that's what I need to work out what would be the new thing. Yeah. Well, perhaps it's public speaking after your TED Talk. I mean, not many people get to do a TED Talk, Ben, do they? 
Yeah, well, it's not it's not just a TED talk, Ollie. <laughs> it it was the best of the day out hey! of seventeen people, and I got it uploaded onto 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 TED. Brilliant. So, so that, we can we can go to the website and see it, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Fantastic. So I suggest everyone does that. And I just think, in in summary, Ben, um, you know, if you could give the listeners two, maybe three tips on how to overcome adversity, what would you say to them? <laughs> what would I what would I give them? Yeah. What what, uh, what what suggestions would you say to them? Fuck it, go and do it. <laughs> I thought that might be the first one. <laughs> but when you say that, when you say that, what, what do you mean? Do you mean just just go and just follow your dreams and don't listen to a word any anyone else says? No, it says that you know, if if there's something you need to do, yeah, um, and if lots of people are telling you don't do it, yeah, and you're really it's in your heart that you've got to go and do it, then. Don't listen to it where everyone says just go and go and do it. Amen, and, um, Ben. Amen, Ben. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, if you've got nothing to lose, you could just feel how it goes and what you can do. Yeah. Okay. And this, and something else, a, 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 a final flourish from you, Ben. What other tip would you give someone? Um, to, to keep trying. I mean, yeah. things things in life are difficult and uh, challenging, you know, all of the time. Um, you've got to have the, the drive to get through the difficult bits to come out the other side. Mm. So, you know, if something's hard, that just means you've got to try harder. You know, you know what? Do you know what, Ben? I mean, I've known you for some years now, and um, it, uh, it's fascinating to me how I've been doing my job now for nearly 30 years, and people talk about stress and how stressed they are and how anxious they get. But quite often, they, yeah. get, they get stressed about little things, right? Just little things yeah. that to you wouldn't even matter. I mean, if they, if they were in your situation, I just don't know how most people would cope. So what they do is they, they, they're so catastrophic. They build things up to such huge yeah. degrees that are almost insignificant that they accumulate these these little stresses and they turn them into problems and these problems turn into anxieties and these anxieties turn into into major life challenges and actually if we weigh it all up 99.9 percent .9 of us are should be extremely grateful for what we've been given and even in lockdown you know it it, it, it sort of simplifies your life a little bit and it makes you value that friend that perhaps you've not reached out to for a couple of years or just being able to eat the basic foods that you need to be fit and healthy or to have a garden, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, have a computer yeah. and people lose sight of the important things and wrapped up in too much. And I think they, they, they start classing that as stress. I think stress is what you've been through. And I think what we experience are little hiccups of pressure built around yeah. our choices. And I think we, we struggle to differentiate, but I think my friend for you, your amazing mindset to enable you to to translate your experience into a compelling new future for you and be determined to go and get that new job and do a TED talk and 
to run half marathons and right all that stuff is incredible and most average people would never do that so uh, i salute you my friend i really do i think it's an incredible story and i just hope people learn from this this story and and just take one thing from it which is you know that ability to bounce back from 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 disaster and i think uh, i think the fuck it motto is one i will carry with me <laughs> myself from now on well that will go into your uh, your training <laughs> <laughs> i'll write a new course called the fuck it course which is all about overcoming yeah. adversity <laughs> so so just on a final a final note what have you been doing in lockdown there you've been you've been in devon for three months haven't you in an aviary it sounds like there's loads of birds around you where, where are you I'm I'm on a on a farm in Devon and uh, um, it's great. I mean, it's my parents' place, but they, yeah. you know, we are we are surrounded by birds and also badgers are everywhere as well, which is up the track. So really, it's about eight o'clock in the evening. Fantastic. Usually goes out for a walk. Yeah, uh, if I go with him. We can go and see loads of badges running sounds around. Like, the sounds like Nature other. Watch. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> well, Ben, thank you very much, my friend. And uh, yeah, don't forget, everyone's gonna gonna look at your TED talk and and go on Amazon. We'll buy your book, and uh, we'll learn a bit more about how important life is. And hopefully, we can do this again, Ben, with the next phase of your life. Would that be good? Yeah, that would definitely be very good. Brilliant. Mm. Cheers, my friend, and take care, and I'll see you after lockdown. Yeah, sounds good. Cheers, take pal. Care. Take care. Bye.